Hello and welcome to the sequel pitch where four film fanatic friends review movies that don't have sequels and see who can come up with the best idea for one. I'm the Viking XL and your host this week, Matt Rushton. And joining me today to review the movie and pitch me their ideas, the man who was one for one, Drew Toynbee. Hello there. The wannabe 60 foot Dwayne Johnson, Andy Henry. <laughs> oh, if only. Oh, my life would be so much simpler. <laughs> and of course, how can we forget the other guy? What's his name again? That's right, everyone. It's Ross Harmston. Wait, what? I get the other guy. The, just the, 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 uh, that is so rude. Hello, everyone. Hello. So we've made it to episode three after, well, we've basically just about ranked the 1980s cult classic film Labyrinth above the 2018 ape shit monster movie <laughs> Rampage. Well done, chaps. Congratulations, mm. us. It was, a, it was a close call. Oh, it was. <laughs> Way too close for comfort. We are doing some classic films so far. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, this week we are. We're reviewing and pitching sequels to a movie with some bite. Oh, no. Oh, I see what you did there. This is what you've got coming at you today, everybody. (laughs) It is Brad Pitt's 2013 family-friendly zombie action movie, (laughs) World War Z. Right, so before we discuss the movie in more detail together, there may well be some of you listening that haven't yet seen World War Z, so in order to help you guys out, I'm going to treat you to our official 60-second summary. And my time starts... Now, we open with Pitt and family enjoying a nice day out, driving through the typically busy urban America. Only something's not right. A truck busts through the traffic and Pitt, being a genius survivor, drives his car and his family behind and they escape a sudden zombie infestation. The movie then falls into chaos with zombie infestation taking over the USA and then the world. Pitt is conveniently a UN representative that has served in some of the most dangerous parts of the world. His mate gets him and his family onto a ship that's very safe and absolutely the last hope for the human race. It turns out that Brad Pitt is the last hope for humanity, and he travels the world and he travels the world looking with disease experts looking to find the cure. Most of them die, but Pitt doesn't, even though everyone thinks he does. Instead of dying, he uses his flashback memory to remember that people who are already ill are ignored by the zombies, so heads to a research facility in Wales. There, he tests himself by injecting some lethal illness, but hey, it works. The world is saved by basically injecting them with a life-threatening illness, and that is that. Whew. Well done. 60 well done. seconds-ish, probably not. But it is, it's the PG-13 World War Z. <laughs> So go on then, chaps. What did we think of it? What's on my top left? Uh, um, yeah, it's, always, yeah, I mean, it's always a good start when you say, "What do you think of the film?" When someone goes, oh, "Well, like, <laughs> it was it was good it was good, um, but it was marred with a lot of what." And <laughs> I, I like I know that it's a film, and I know Brad Pitt's the star, but the fact that he has so much plot armor for anything, it's like, oh, don't worry, yeah. Brad Pitt's not going to die in this situation, but everyone else is, and everyone's going to save his life because it's Brad fucking Pitt who does a little fucking pout every time he fucking is on screen all the time with his little pout face, his little bloody pout face. He's got I luscious, think luscious he, locks, though. Yeah, I, I don't think he can help the pout. Be fair. I think it's. I think you it's can, his natural look. You can tell that I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I just. I do want to say for the listeners as well that when Ross was watching World War Z, the first thing he put into our WhatsApp chat was a picture of Brad Pitt's face pouting, saying, "Is this what the movie is?" Yeah. <laughs> You can't really discuss the movie and review the movie without going into all the the backstage stuff, and I'm sure mm. Matt, you've got lots of information about that um, with all the with all the rewrites and uh, um, the delays and everything else and the reshoots. Um, so it's a very conf- it's a very conflicting film and very confusing for the watcher as well. I mean, let's get into that because one of the big things about this film is that they had to shoot 40 minutes worth of the movie in the reshoot. There's a whole third act. 
wasn't it? Yeah. It was the third act, and this is what I want to kind of ask you, chaps. How noticeable do you think that is in terms of when you watch the finished product? I like the third act of this film. Um, it, it it is a fairly dramatic tonal shift, but I, I I think it's one of the better bits of the movie. And for me personally, I had no idea that the entire ending had been reshot, and I thought it hung together reasonably well. I I think it's an absolutely fucking mental decision to <laughs> end to end a zombie movie that has been clearly pitched and publicised as a trilogy with humanity <laughs> finding effective, not the cure, but a decent way to to nullify how dangerous the zombies are. I think that's mental. <laughs> but I think they do it well. I did like the change compared to what it was. Matt, do you have the what actually the third act was supposed to be? Well, the third act was essentially that Jerry, Brad Pitt's character, was kidnapped and taken to Russia and it was just essentially a 15 minute intense action sequence to end the film on top of the buildings and throughout Russia Um, you know you actually see it in the kind of final montage where they're Mm. doing clips of you know as the world begins to Mm. kind of correct itself they show you all the footage that was originally shot with flamethrowers <laughs> on the roof of a building. It looks like I think they nuke a football stadium or a yeah. sports stadium. Like mm. it is, it is insane, and that is why it's. I, I actually quite like the reshoot in that I think it adds a bit of character to the film and character development because that was what I felt like it was significantly lacking in a lot of ways. Was just. Yeah. You know, it was essentially action sequence, but not too much action because this is family friendly. Yeah, um, yeah. Without very much development on anything. Yeah, it was a much, it's a much more effective way to do family friendly horror because it's just tension. Yeah. But like, you can see on the characters as they're in that final sequence, a lot of them have weirdly stained black clothing. And that's because they went in in post and changed it all from blood to... <laughs> Oil, because yeah. all of the zombies <laughs> were working in a machine shop before they all got turned. But it's it's really tense, and they're sneaking around, and they're trying not to make Wait. noise, and they make a bit... What? Wait, Drew, are you telling me that Brad Pitt wasn't as, as amazing as cutting someone's hand off and being able to cauterise it in the same swish of the knife? Are you telling me that wasn't the reason he they did that? No, yeah, no, that was because the Israeli army are all equipped with lightsabers. <laughs> I see. Okay, carry on, carry on. But yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I was just making the point that actually, I think the ending, the ending works really well, particularly for a family-friendly PG thirteen rated film. It's, it was a much more effective way to do horror. It, the spectacle was impressive and in parts, mm. but. It's the it's the only time in the film when it properly gets scary rather than jumpy. Yeah, I still feel it wasn't enough though. It was. I don't know. I, I say I think I agree with it. The actual change, the the massive battle at the end would have been such a weird ending to this kind of film. Well, and just more of the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But still, yeah, I mean, like it was it was good. Like the bit where the uh, like the old doctor was right in his face and stuff, and you're like, oh, it worked. It was. It was. I, know, I, just, mm. I just wanted more. I didn't want a biggie. You know, it, just, it wasn't like climactic third act. I, f- I felt that mm. with the third act, it was very much a zombie film. Mm. With that, with the I am used to. You know, like the third mm. act was tension building. The bit yeah. when they're in the, they've got to go and get the the diseases, um, and they've got to sneak past that zombie who's like <laughs> can hear them, and that was very iconic. Iconic to zombie films whereas the first half you know it's 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 impressive and it's cool to see visually like all these zombies scrambling over each other and yeah, um, still, making it holds I remember up. that bit in the it trailer looks great. Yeah. And that bit in the trailer when they all climb up the wall I remember seeing that when I was younger and being like oh shit this is awesome and yeah. that's a cool visual image, but that's all it is, is a visual mm. image and but yeah. there's no there's no substance to it. No. There's no you don't um I feel that it's it, it very much 
it goes into it straight away and then you're like oh okay we're following the family okay um uh, and then it's like it's very quick it's it feels a very quick movie like he goes yeah. to one place and he goes to another place and he goes to another place and then it's over and it feels like the last half of the film just sort of just slows down a little bit and the i don't know if the writers damon lindelof and um the other who's the other one um matthew michael carnahan drew goddard and damon lindelof i feel that in this in that half of the film they just went okay let's slow it down a little bit let's take our time with this like final act and let's let's flesh it flesh it out a little bit more so than it has been in the first sort of half and i get what they were trying to do but i personally don't think that you can do a zombie film that is pg-13 i I, you know i don't think Mm -hmm. that having walking around dead bodies can be made into a pg-13 that's my own personal feeling on the matter because they are the walking dead they are decaying bodies I want to branch this out a bit because I feel like it was something that I was watching and the whole time I was sat there thinking, imagine this wasn't constrained by its age restriction, by the fact that it's a PG-30 film. If this was a 15 and 18, there could have been, you know, I feel like that was sometimes, for me, it held the film back a bit. Uh, I don't know what you guys think of that. Sounds very much like, Rush, you do, but... Yeah, it's been, to be honest, we're, we're what we're all like four thirty year olds. This isn't the, the you know the film wasn't meant for us. It is meant for a, a, a family. Um, it, no, it's just not a family film. It is not I, a family would, film. You're not yeah. going to take your ten year old to see this movie. It's just <laughs> it's just to be like, able to get like those extra couple of preteens mm. and those parents who might want to go and would be like, oh, it's PG-13 so I can take my 11-year-old. Mm. Mm. It's PG-13 because Brad Pitt wanted a film that his kids could see him in before they were 18. <laughs> Essentially, that was his words. <laughs> Do you think the third act then had a, a restriction with it that was like, it's a, it's a 15 at the moment, we needed to come down to a PG or that's, 12 or That's why they took all the blood out because yeah. the blood... The blood on the clothes being made black. The blood was in the trailers. But that's the thing. I, I I kind of disagree in that I'm not convinced that adding more gore would have made the film no. better no, necessarily. No, no, no. no, no. There, there, was def- there was definite story problems. Can we nitpick a little? I'd love yeah. to hear some people's nitpicks and what the fucks. My favourite bit was uh, where the truck came along and, and like ploughed that cop. Because like as the establishing establish a shot... Like three seconds earlier, show this is gridlock. No one's going yeah. anywhere, and then it's like Inception suddenly, where a train comes and fucking takes you out. But it's more the fact that like they don't hear it, mm. and the idea is yeah, okay, <laughs> it's smashing every car out of the way, and that's how it gets that far. But actually, like a car crash is fucking loud. Yeah. It's not a stealthy. It's not a stealth truck. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it needed to happen because otherwise, otherwise they would have all been dead in the middle of that gridlock, and he never would have got his car out and saved his family. So I love how the, the truck makes a like a, a a space, and he's just like, "Fuck it, let's drive." Not even looking behind him, not seeing that there's another truck coming. He's just like, "Found me opening." Hey, he's he's a a UN investigator who's been in some of the most dangerous situations ever. He knows what he's doing, which I like. I said that really sarcastically, but actually, like, I kind of buy that. that yeah. I like <laughs> that he just leaps into action. I did like the um, the first encounter he had, and when you established the like the time frame it takes, I actually really liked that when the uh, when the because <laughs> I don't know maybe I was sucked in, but I was just like he's just like That's apart from stupid, him just like standing stupid. still in a right, mob. So- Oh, just like people who, for the He's people got... who haven't seen it, his kid has a a, a toy called Subway Sam, and nah. Subway Sam counts. Even though these kids are like fucking six weird. and twelve, yeah. they know how to fucking count to ten. But Subway Sam has a little voice that goes, "Here comes the train! <laughs> One, two, three. And the kid drops Subway Sam when someone gets bitten by a zombie. It takes a few seconds, but then it's meant to establish that Brad Pitt sees this guy go from getting bitten to being a full-on zombie attacking people within Subway Sam's count of 10 or 12 seconds. And I'm glad it worked for you, Andy. I fucking hated that. Do you know? I thought it was right. I hated it. I I, I, I don't know if I've seen it. Because then, I mean, at least he referenced it like five minutes later when he thought he was infected and he... He was at the top of the roof and he was basically dangling himself off, counting to above just to make sure. I just, I feel like you could establish the same thing. I felt like that was for the audience, not for the character. I feel like you could have done it just the same and just had him like watching 
and then see it happen and see it happen that quickly. Well, sometimes it takes a bit longer, doesn't it, as well, actually? Well, yeah. Um, so... James Badge Dale lasts, lasts longer. Mm. I'm goddamn Zeke. I'm going to heroically shoot myself in the head. <laughs> yeah, got hit by goddamn Zeke. <laughs> So a lot of people that probably maybe have listened is are listening to this have read the book. So I mean I haven't read the book, but Drew, I know you have. Uh, I don't think any of us have. have uh, I think Andy has. Now. I've read it. Andy, I'm rereading it now. Yeah. So do you guys think it were like I don't know? Do you see any? Do you think they did a good job adapting it? Sorry, yeah. I'm taking over Matt's job. I feel like I'm yeah. <laughs> very much enjoying this. Thank you very much for us. No, the book, uh, the book <laughs> sorry, is completely Matt, is completely different. The only thing I guess they have is going to different countries. But he, yeah. I mean, they do it for a different reason. He goes to a different reason. In, in the book, he's basically going around, kind of conducting interviews and stuff. Yeah, in the 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 conceit of the book is that he's. A journalist, uh, well, not a journalist. He he's written a report for the UN, so mm. they kind of carry that out, or the new UN, and it's ten years after the end of the war, and he's compiling the stories of survivors, and so it's people from all around the world, sort of chronologically charting the progress of the zombie war, as they call in World War Z, obviously, as they call it, as the fucking title of the book. Um, and so they've taken a couple of tiny little vignettes from it, but in the they it's it's such a shame that they called this World War Z. I wish that they had if they'd called it something else. I think it would have got a much better reception from fans. I think people were pissed off with this film for more than just the reason that it didn't reflect to the book as well. Yes. In <laughs> some ways, it's. Um, it it was a success on the box office. Actually, smashed its budget. It, it, I mean, how much? Like, without looking at your screens, uh, budget for this film. What would you put it in? Two hundred million. Yeah, I I remember that it was huge. Mm. Yeah, like, it was an insane amount of money. One hundred ninety million budget. It actually ended up grossing over five hundred million dollars at the box office. And at the time that it was released, was Brad Pitt's biggest highest grossing film that's fucking the highest grossing film of his career that's considering it was his production company that filmed it one of the production studios was brad pitt's production studio yeah Yeah. considering all the shit that they had to deal with in terms of (laughs) reshooting half the film getting second writers then a third set of writers and lindelof in to try and fix this fuck up of a film that he was dealing with Considering, like, here's the thing as well, and we kind of we haven't really talked on it, but we won't dwell too much. That Brad Pitt hired Mark Forster to direct this film. By the end of this film, they couldn't even be in the same room together. They hated each other that much. They couldn't work together at all. Mm. And it was something that I wanted to talk about. We won't talk too much about it, but I do want to ask. Considering we are all sat here as actors as much as anything, like. How important is that relationship with the director and the actor on set or in the rehearsal room for theatre? And do you think that it actively reflects in either the performance from Pitt in this or from other productions you've seen where we know of different kind of clashes? I think, well, it definitely affects to some point. I don't think it like, affected Pitt's performance in this. When you have a better relationship, you, you're more creative as well. So things could have happened there. If you have a better relationship, you're you're more likely to probably have a better product because I say you can you can be more creative together and just probably milk, just feel more free on set. But like they're they're both professionals, so they would have done the best of their jobs. And like I think they probably did the best of the jobs. But I, I think I think a lot of that was probably to do with the reshoots as well because you've you've also got to think Brad Pitt is the actor being told what to do by the director, who's being told what to do by the producer, who's Brad Pitt. So also that if, if he's going, we need reshoots, and the director's going, I don't want to do reshoots, and he's like, you're going to do reshoots. It's a bit like, well, well, Forster didn't. Forster was adamant that the Russia ending was the better ending. Like he didn't want to have to get it in again. And this is the like this is one of the you know the hostilities of the set was that you know the the reshoot was done after the producers. Pit and Co sat and watched the film and went, no, this isn't what we wanted to make. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it... Ross, Andy, let's just kind of get your ideas on it too. Uh, I think mm. that with this, with this big budget and with Hollywood in general, it's full of egos. Um, big egos, small egos. And I think when you get two big egos, 
and they butt heads sometimes it can be a and also for other people as well other actors who are performing with these actors who clearly don't like each other or uh, an actor and a director who don't like each other it can be really awkward for them as well and i think it does affect i think it does affect your working environment it's like you not liking your boss like you're not i don't think that you can portray or emote as much as you can being an actor like i don't think that you can get to where you need to be if you're constantly not really listening to your director or listening or don't believe that your director's opinion matters. I, I'm not saying that he, Brad Pitt, didn't, wasn't listening to him in direction. I'm not saying that he was a, a knobhead-like uh, or anything. But when you've got someone, yeah, when when there's a, you know, there's always a relationship between the actor and the director. Um, and when you've got a good relationship you're going to get good things out of your actors if you've got a bad relationship you're not i don't think you're going to get your fullest potential out of uh brad, brad pitt's pouty face um <laughs> I, I and yeah for the record i would i would pretty much concur with what the other two have said pretty succinctly it's i i think everyone's a professional and aside from a couple of clangers of which there are always going to be a couple of clangers across the course of a film i think generally speaking the performances are fine but if you're if you're not in a a safe space where you trust everyone and you feel like you can experiment and try new things and maybe discover things that weren't intended when everyone arrived on set but you find before you leave if you're in a situation where you don't have that freedom and that trust then there's less chance that you will find moments of brilliance i think there's a baseline mm. of professionalism and ability in particularly in brad pitt but in all of the cast and every all these professionals who have been hired that they and i think it's a fine movie and i i don't think anyone does any anything less than adequate or acceptable work but there are no there, there are no moments in this film where Jerry realizes his family thinks he's dead, and a, a, a film, and possibly hypothetically speaking, a film with a director and an actor who were getting on really well might have had a really effective emotional moment. But yeah. in this, chances are they got that in the can, and they were like, right, yep, yeah, next. Especially as that bit was in reshoots, yeah, and when yeah. when the director didn't want to be there even more. <laughs> I always just, every time Jerry was mentioned, Jerry's not a hero name. Sorry to all the Jerry's out there. I like when they had, um, I liked it when they had the phones, when they were, they, like, she, she had a, a, the phone and she had the one number and it said home. And I was like, oh, that's quite sweet, the one number. Um, or oh, he was putting it in, sorry. And then she put as just Jerry. And I was just like, yeah. that's exactly what Rick and Morty do, you know? <laughs> they, he, um, Rick always takes the piss out of uh, Jerry all the time. Yeah. Jerry. <laughs> and it's yeah. well and that's the thing it's there's the interesting the interesting bit of trivia that Brad Pitt took over took on the role he was only going to be a producer but he took on the role of Jerry Lane from Brian Cranston wow. and and had to take over with like 2 weeks to go or less and just had to step in and oh. so i think the choice of name was because they intended the lead character to be very capable and very cerebral. Yeah, yeah. Like someone who knows their shit but looks normal. And I think the name Jerry Lane is really just down the road. Like, it's the most Joe Everyman name mm. that they could pick without it being Joe Anderson. Yeah. And But, but then they end up just on the last minute being like, quick, fuck, Brad, uh, you do it. And so... They have the everyman standard, like, stoic American normal human name, but then slapped on beautiful Brad Pitt with his long, <laughs> luscious mane that he should have cut off. Yeah. I, was gonna I say, know yeah. you did it at short notice, Brad, but it mm. just, it's, his hair's distracting. Matt, yeah. were, you, were you jealous? You, I mean, you, you both have nice long hair, but... I'm jealous. I mean, mine's long yeah. hair. I'd love that hair. I, I prefer Matt's. Not in a zombie apocalypse as well, like... Yeah, they yeah, grab your hair. That's, that's the worst thing to have. Yeah. yeah, they cover it in the in Max Brooks's zombie survival guide. <laughs> Keep your and, hair short and oil I mean, as well, and up. just black we should, oil. 
<laughs> if you're going to have it longer, just put it up. Yeah. Well, anyway, we are digressing, chaps. There you have it. How to survive zombie survival. Cut your hair off. What we do need to do quickly is, of course, give it our scores. So to give you an idea, we scored Labyrinth an average 3.5, 3. 3.5. Rampage unbelievably scored 3.25. Yeah! So I am very, very intrigued to know, chaps, what we're going to score this. Andy, kick us off. So the way I score this is basically I'm trying to think of the genre it's in and what it's trying to be. It's like the Rampage was trying to be a summer blockbuster. It wasn't trying to be anything else. So that's why I kind of gave it like three or three and a half or even four, whatever it was. You um, scored it four, Andy. Four. You, like, yeah. I'm glad you're I'm, justifying I'm, I'm, I'm your score. I'm still behind that score. If I could, I'll push it up. Um, this one, I mean, it wasn't, I say, it wasn't aimed at me. So, uh, it, But forgetting that, I, I'm just going to say it's a two. I didn't enjoy it. It doesn't even justify a random object assigned to it. It's just two. <laughs> Drew, yeah. what we got? Doing my absolute best to remove myself from um, wanting it to be the book, which has been an issue that I've had with it the whole time, because um, I'm one of those tickets who really likes the book and was sad that it wasn't. Um, for everything that, for everything I like about it there's something that makes you go oh, oh for fuck's sake <laughs> like the, the 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 brilliant genius doctor who's going to save the world slipping and shooting his own head off <laughs> oh, which yeah, I forgot that. which is meant which is clearly oh. meant to just be like bleak realism but it's just so, so stupid <laughs> yeah it's so stupid and then jerry goes on and just does the same thing anyway but there's incredible visuals but then some really clunky bits but then there's some good tension but it's held back slightly by maybe not leaning on the gore as much as it could etc etc but ultimately i think this film is fine and it's an enjoyable watch and if you like zombies or you like action movies then i would recommend it and seeing as we've borrowed the empire scale i would give this Three soiled lab coats out of five. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. Can I just put in? Um, because I didn't do a, a funny scoring thing. I'm going to give it two Brad Pitt hair swishes nice. out of five. Nice. <laughs> I I like the film. I think. Well, I think it's entertaining. Again, it's not a right. It's not an awful film. I didn't sit there going, I hate every moment of this. I did hate some aspects. I thought the visuals were still even now. I like the idea of like a whole whole horde of uh, runner zombies. Like there's there's elements of that in video games and even now, like Days Gone that I've just played. Um, and I like that. I like the visuals of that. And I think that you've never seen that really in. Uh, even now we haven't really seen that in a mm. uh, in a movie which I really like I don't like the story per se and I think the the last half it's it's a very mismatched film I wouldn't say I wouldn't recommend it so I'm going to give it the same uh, as Drew I'm going to give it three uh, pit pouts uh, out of five um, and yeah I'd, I'd recommend it to any zombie lovers out there um yeah. See, I wouldn't recommend it to a zombie lover. I think mm. but I feel like they would be let down. <laughs> so, so, yeah, zombie I mean, likers. Yeah. Zo- yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt. If you like Brad Pitt, you probably like this movie. Are you, yeah. are you lukewarm on zombies? <laughs> this is for you. Yeah. There you go. And just to put my little tempies uh, worth in there again, it was you know it's kind of it has moments actually that I really enjoy. It has moments that I sit there and I scratch my head at. Um, Ultimately, you know, it was a more entertaining film than Rampage was for me, so I will score that purely on my own preferences. I am not taking any well-thought-out scientific guide like Andy or the Empire system like Drew for this one. (laughs) I'm just going to go with the fact that I quite enjoyed it. I'm going to give it three knives that can cut through bone out of five. (laughs) Yes. Which gives us our grand final score of 2.75 it's our lowest rated it does not make recommended status on the Empire Guide sorry Uh, it's still 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 slightly above middle of the road though yeah 
It is, and Brad Pitt wouldn't give a shit about our rating because he made over $500 million on this anyway, so <laughs> yeah, what do true. we matter? Well, let's go then, and let's get your sequels pitched. The rules of the pitches are simple. You each have three minutes to pitch me your ideas without interruption. I'm your producer, and I need ins- impressing. After your pitch, I'll have some questions for each of you, and then you'll all have a chance to persuade me why I should pick your movie over the other two. This week, I have decided to go in reverse alphabetical order, so Ross, you are up first. Good. I am pitching uh, for a movie called World War Zero. Your three minutes starts now. We open the movie seeing Earth from space, and we follow what looks like a comet hurtling towards Earth. It smashes into the side of a mountain in South Korea, and then it fades to black. We then see the number 2020 on the screen, and we see Brad Pitt and his family waking up. As Brad Pitt opens the curtains, we see that he is living on a huge floating city in the sea. We then have a family montage in which Brad Pitt makes pancakes, and we learn he is working for the UN, still researching the zombie outbreak. As he is in the lab, we see a familiar face enter, Thierry Umuntoni, now the UN General. He tells Brad Pitt he has something for him to see. It's footage of a routine clearance operation in Beijing carried out by the army. We see the entire squad being taken out, um, and Thierry says, they're adapting. He urges Brad Pitt to go to Beijing and find out what's happening as the UN are getting reports of this occurring all over the east. Brad Pitt travels to Beijing, uh, to a Beijing safe zone, and meets Chow Young-Fat, who is a Chinese general. Brad Pitt learns from a live demonstration that zombies have adapted their senses. Chow Young-Fat character tells Brad that uh, they know of the uh, the South Korean uh, soldier all those years ago and believe they are responsible and that he should look there again before the adaptive zombies hit the western civilization at this point some stupid soldier gets bit by the test subject and the whole safe zone falls Brad Pitt must then escape the safe zone by getting on a train that is going to South Korea he is helped by some soldiers one in particular is played by Jet Li On the train, Brad Pitt comes across a huge dormant horde waiting in the middle of the tracks. They are are awakened by the sound of the train and Brad Pitt has no alternative but to plough through them and Jet Li ends up dying saving Brad Pitt. Eventually they get to the South Korean base of operations and meet a general who denies any knowledge of Patient Zero and that Brad has wasted his journey. He learns of a prisoner who has been locked up for years that knows about this soldier in question. Brad sneaks into the prison and learns that the prisoner that patient uh, and learns from the prisoner that patient zero has turned into uh, that patient zero turned into a zombie after he approached a comet that crashed into the side of a mountain and he marks it on the, on, the, on a map for Brad. He travels to the area where the comet hit and finds a huge crater. In it are hundreds of dormant zombies, all with bioluminescent plants growing from them, rooting them from the ground. (laughs) Brad Pitt uh, finds the comet and sees the plants having grown, have uh, have been growing from the uh, the comet. Sorry, hold on. Brad Pitt. Uh, finds the comet and sees the plants have been growing from it. He takes a sample which angers the dormant zombies and they break out free and chase him. It looks like it's the end for Brad Pitt but at the last minute he is saved from the horde by a helicopter and a gunner. It's Matthew Fox. Brad gets on the <laughs> gets on and they go back home but this is not the end. They need to find out where this thing came from. They need to go to space. I can't believe we right. forgot to talk about Matthew Fox's journey throughout the film, but yeah, we we did completely forget Matthew Fox. But I so did, did not. So, so did the movie. <laughs> yeah. I did not. So. It, it wasn't forgotten, knowing full well that perhaps I would get a chance to bring it up around now. <laughs> Ross, first of all, we do have to talk about. Um, so you, you bring in some interesting and big names into this film. Yeah, let's talk about the latter first. In the re 
introduction, as we know, of Matthew Fox. Yeah, yeah. Does this mean you are planning on rekindling a storyline that was cut from the original? Yeah, I'm going to have him in. So this film is uh, under the proviso that maybe we'll we'll do a trilogy, um, and I'm I'm thinking that he's going to have a big big part in the next film, uh, just to make it up to him from the last film because I'm a big fan of Matthew Fox. Okay, but there's no actual recognition of a storyline that was cut involving... Are you, are you, Matt, you're trying to lead me into telling the audience about that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I might, I might introduce the fact that he slept with uh, Brad Pitt's wife whilst uh, she thought he was dead in the original film. I might bring that back in this one. Uh, we, might, we might do that in the, in the third one, but this is not trilogy pitch this is sequel pitch (laughs) (laughs) perfect i mean on that but i mean you very much answered one of my burning questions was that it felt very much like you'd left quite a big cliffhanger and should i be considering this as a strong trilogy vibe oh yeah 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 we're going we're going big with the next one's going to be uh space warsy man or something along oh my goodness (laughs) star wars yeah (laughs) you gotta follow fast and furious (laughs) oh good gracious (laughs) well there you go this is what you got to look forward to guys um another cameo we need to discuss very quickly is jet lee you've brought in quite an established name there yeah seemed rather short-lived well, no, he has like he's there with the he's there with uh, Chang Young Fat, and then like they have some scenes together. They have a whole thing about like uh, Jet Li's gonna have like a scene with him on the train. He's gonna be mm. at least at least twenty to thirty minutes of the film. Um, okay, and you know, I think I think he'll appreciate the work. Not that he's not working because <laughs> he is working, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, you know, I think he's a it's a nice little cameo inspired choice inspired choice yeah. I'll give you that and I think it actually brings on a question that I haven't prepped you for oh. you move a lot around this film um, I get an impression that we don't really get time to establish many new characters unless you're going to kill them off uh, yeah that's true we don't have money um, we don't have much time with these new characters, uh, and also there isn't many scenes with returning. Like with, the only scene we have with the family is at the beginning, and then he says bye to them, and that's it. And then also the UN general as well. Um, you can have like phone calls maybe to them in 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 the whole film, but yeah, there's not really. We want some new characters, um, and I'm not. I'm only killing off Jet Li at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's mainly it's mainly the journey of Brad Pitt and his pouty face. Great stuff, and some bioluminescent plant zombies. Oh yeah, that sound terrifying and definitely <laughs> like something we faced in our Call of Duty zombies <laughs> days. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much, Ross. Uh, thank you. I, go on. What's your age rating, by the way? You didn't say. What did you say? Are you are you keeping the PG thirteen? Oh no, this is going to be full on eighteen. There's going to be headless zombies. There's going to be blood everywhere. There's going to be blood everywhere. There's going to be everywhere on the in the cinemas. There's going to be sprays of blood uh, everywhere. On that note, I'm moving swiftly on. Thank you very much, Ross. An inspired pitch. Thank you. Next up, we have. Mr. Drew Toynbee, yo, yo. can you win your second pitch? Um, cool. Mine is going to be titled World War Z Resurgence. World War Z colon resurgence because it's obligatory. Colon resurgence? Colon. Is that yeah. some sort of colon uh, operation? It turns <laughs> out that the zombie virus grows out of everyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, carry on. 18. Carry on. <laughs> um, well, okay. In that case, I will kick you off with a countdown in three, two, one. So, um, the film begins uh, showing world governments reclaiming territory from everywhere. The work is slow, and over about 10 years, various places around the world have been made safe. In the US, it's mainly the area to the west of the Rocky Mountains, all of the cities like San Diego, San Francisco, LA. Not LA, that's too far south. But San Diego, San Francisco, down to the bottom of the Rocky Mountains. Jerry lives in San Francisco with his family, compiling stories 
about the war and using some of his investigative skills and taking information that he finds, showing him that he thinks the source of the virus is in northern India, which is mentioned in the first film. Um, however, Thierry sent him on a couple of missions out there and he hasn't found anything. However, the issues start to arrive when, similar to Ross's film, um, you start to realise that the camouflage injections no longer work or are starting to not work. And there are people who refuse the injections because idiots don't take vaccines. Um, and so there's a growing population of zombies in the US. And there's actually reports of a mega swarm of hundreds of, of sort of tens, hundreds of millions of zombies in the centre of US rotating around and coming to the bottom of the Rocky Mountains as the camouflage is wearing off. Act two of the film, um, we see the family on the West Coast sort of getting ready for the invasion. They're sort of weaponizing the city and building up defences. And because it's so much later, I see um, Brad Pitt's oldest daughter in the film, Rachel, played by Florence Pugh um, joining up with the military and heading to the southern end of the Rockies to fight off the horde Jerry is sent by Thierry to India with a small team of soldiers I see some popular names sort of young up and coming cool actors um, they meet with a group of Indian soldiers who provide some more classified intelligence that their government has sort of digged up based on Jerry's <coughs> research. The virus seems to have originated in a conservation area that had been sold off for illegal logging and mining. Um, they realise that they can ascertain the date of infection of the zombies that they find and they start sort of hunting down zombies and checking them and they come across what must be one of the very first cases in a mining village. They take samples from the zombie but they're attacked by a bunch of soldiers um, supporting someone who don't want the world to know where the virus came from. They're surrounded. In America, the army set up for a confrontation with the mega swarm at the southern end of the Rockies and the hordes approaching. The army seem really, really well prepared, but unfortunately it's a valiant effort and their sort of 300 style battle of Thermopylae is overrun and the US defence forces are all wiped out, including Rachel. Um, Act 3, Jerry's been captured um, along with the other survivors of his crew and brought to a kind of Apocalypse Now, Colonel Kurtz-style warlord. I would love to have him played by um, Shah Rukh Khan, who's done a lot of sort of Bollywood films. He's quite a big Bollywood name. Um, he wants them dead. He throws them in a cell. Um, and Jerry has his sample kit. He uses a sample of the new mutation to infect a guard through the bars who turns and just goes and wipes out the whole complex. And then Jerry has to sneak out. But obviously they can see through the camouflage. So he's actually in danger for once. Um, then the zombies eventually make all the way to San Francisco. Sorry, I've gone well over time. Um, humanity <laughs> using the Golden Gate Bridge is their sort of final place to fight and they keep falling back. There are loads of intervals, but finally the last remaining humans escape on a flotilla of boats and have to give up on America. They've lost America. But after a long time and losing a daughter, Jerry's reunited with his family um, and vows to travel the remaining enclaves of humanity to find scientists that would be needed to bring the true vaccine and end the virus forever. Heavy, heavy stuff right there. Um, <laughs> cool. So, I mean, we need to, first of all, straight away address a certain um, zombie in the room here. Lots of death in this one. Mm -hmm. Lots of epic proportion death I'm vibing in this one too. Um, PG-13 much or... <laughs> I, I, I would hope that it could push for a, a fifteen and R rating, um, personally, but I again, like I said about the first film, I reckon were the studio inclined to try and bleed that extra bit of budget out of it, I don't think it would suffer from being PG thirteen. I personally would prefer it not to be, but I'm just the writer, and who cares what the writers think. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if we really wanted to keep this to a true PG-13, we'd probably have to talk about another very sensitive point here in the death of Jerry's daughter, Rachel. Uh, you know, look, as long, I'm not saying that she's she's killed by being graphically ripped apart like um, like Dylan Moran at the end of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, she, she, she doesn't make it. I mean, there's a different question I want to ask on this: Is does that have 
a lasting... Well, let's ask you a question first because this is more important. Is another quite open ending here. Are we getting another trilogy vibe from you in this? I, I, I've done the ending in such a way that it's kind. it kind of ends in sort of the same place as the ending of the previous film, but just with humanity that one step closer. And I, I've written it in such a way that I would hope it could function on its own. Um mm-hmm. And wouldn't like need a sequel, but in uh, at the same time you have that setup of gathering scientists and coming up with a vaccine and distributing it and everyone surviving. So I think it could okay. work. So this case in point for this question, the reason I had to ask that one first: if Rachel is dead, Jerry is overseas at the time, um, locked in the camp in India. What? Other than dramatic moment for the sake of dramatic moment, what does Rachel's death serve as in Just the movie? To actually have some some cost to the death, it's, a, it's an issue that I do think the first film has that no one who no one that we actually care about dies, really. Like and and actually, I think that having a known character and a well-known actor as well who's going to do a good job and could have like a, a good storyline of taking on responsibility with the military and and arguing that she wants to go and serve the country and protect people and that it's the right thing to do and have a mm-hmm. dramatic moment and have it be that she goes out but it's trying to achieve something that she believes is the right thing so it's, she's established a lot more than oh, perhaps the family yeah. were I mean, I, I, I went like a minute and a half over as long as I no, should have that's... been with the pitch anyway and still left out a lot of colour. I, I would hope that it could... It, it wouldn't just be for shock value. It would... Well, actually, no, it kind of would just be for shock value, but it would be to establish... Almost to establish that main characters can die in this one, seeing mm. as they couldn't in the fucking last one. Um, Interesting. And I like I, it's why I mentioned getting rid of Brad Pitt's plot armour... Um, for the escape sequence at the end, like I want, I want it to feel dangerous. I I was considering not having Jerry make it home at the end of the movie, but ultimately, it's Brad Pitt, and you kind of, if you've got Brad Pitt, use Brad Pitt. <laughs> well, there you go. I there are always more questions to ask, but as you ran so far over, I'm rescinding a couple of your questions as That's punishment. Fair. Which means we feed straight into picture number three, Mr. Andy Henry. Andy, on this, I want to hear your pitch. This. We open on the vice president from the first film addressing the nation as the new president. He says, he says it's been two weeks since the uh, outbreak began and an American hero found the cure. A way of us to be camouflaged around the undead. He's ordering everyone to get out on the streets and do their part to help clean the country. At that point, we see a trolley being pushed down the corridor full of infected tissue samples intended to be destroyed. The intern pushing the trolley bumps the other intern pushing another trolley and a small medical box filled with infected tissue falls onto the ground. The wrong intern picks up the box thinking it's theirs and they move on. As the president starts to do their typical, their typical we will build back better, stronger speech, we see an operating room and in the infected tissue, a kidney, being transplanted into a healthy body. The president ends his speech saying, we have the best minds on the case to find out how this started. One thing is for certain, everything is fine. Cut to black. Title, World War Z Extinction. Germany. A camera is set up ready for an interview. We see a scientist, George Pepper, being hooked up to a microphone. He's nervous and and can't stop blabbering about being excited as it's his first time on TV. We see a hand on his shoulder calm him down and we tilt up to see Jerry who sits opposite him. Jerry interviews the scientist about how the virus started in Germany. We see a flashback to George shopping in the supermarket with his family when people start to attack each other. Jerry speaks to his wife and kids. They're safe, volunteering at a local hospital. The same hospital where the patient with the infected kidney now lies in a coma ward with other infected... Sorry, with other coma patients. Mexico. Jerry begins another interview with a scientist who's looking into how the virus was transferred. He says... Infection depends on how the virus was transferred. If the virus had direct contact with the circulatory system, the infection, the infection could reach the brain instantly, like we saw with most victims who were bitten. Whereas if the virus was to enter the body where it didn't come into direct contact with the circulatory system, like a skin graft or transplant, the infection could take longer to manifest. America. We cut back to the hospital. 
The infected patient's eyes open and, we, and he gets up and starts biting another coma patient. That patient wakes up and the two zombies start biting the other coma patients in the room, causing them to wake up. A doctor leads a group of medical interns into the room. We hear screams. Jerry is speaking to a general in Russia, but gets a call from his wife who says the hospital is overrun with zombies. The general lets slip that it must have happened because the American army are keeping samples of the virus and attempt to weaponize it. Russia and China are doing the same, but only as a defense. Cut back to the family as the zombies escape outside and start attacking people cleaning the streets. The people are pushed outside by the mass exit of the hospital and they run away. The general starts to feel bad and Jerry asks if he had a recent operation. The general explains he got third degree burns on his leg trying to save his daughter from a fire and required a skin graft. The general then turns and starts buying everyone except Jerry, obviously. Jerry tries to fly back, but is stopped by the Russian government. They, they tell Jerry America thinks the new outbreak was an attack by China and America are planning on retaliating. Russia stops Jerry from leaving, so the two superpowers destroy each other. We end with Jerry stuck in Russia, with no way back to save his family or stop a war. There you go. Another one. Let me guess. Trilogy? Yeah, yeah, definitely trilogy. I thought so. Um, when's this set? This is set basically... So the first film is about we, we, the first film is about two weeks, the the events of the first uh-huh. film. So it basically happens as soon as Brad Pitt get is, has got back, um, the the president is kind of given that speech. So yeah, it's, okay. it's it's basically straight after. So the movie immediately follows on from yeah 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 yeah, and then the it takes place 20. over a couple of days. Interesting. So we are we're going to have to address some issues there that you're the only one that set it despite filming eight years later at the same time um family you say that the family's included those kids are now way too old to play those kids unless you've got some really amazing digital de-aging technology that i don't even think you've got there buddy now we're just um, recast how are we addressing this one we can recast Recasting. yeah 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 the main thing is the mum we'll we see the little girls helping around the hospital and stuff but they won't be as, as important mm. as the mum and the mum's going to be around the same age are we going to be seeing many of the original cast in this uh, no, I don't think so. Just the family. Okay. Interesting. Wise, perhaps, I think. Um, you've, you've made a real big focus here about the regional settings. Uh, very much kind of feeling like chapters of a book. That's what I was going for. How, <laughs> how interesting. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's World War Z, so I wanted to kind of actually travel the world. I wanted to have a bit of a book reference. Uh, the bit about the whole... Um, the infection going into the circulatory system, <clears throat> if it was not direct, is actually straight from the book. Um, it's not quite. That's what he says. It, it's it, it's 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 broadly like it, it's just the way that you've worded it because the 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 point that they make is that actually it shouldn't come in contact with the circulatory system. But if you're like if you're transplanting an organ, it becomes immediately in contact with the circulatory system, like in. But it doesn't matter. I mean, kind of sounds like a great print for the argument section next. It, oh yeah, it, it's, a, it's, I, a made, it's a made up virus. Yeah, the virus yeah, can made do whatever virus, you want honest, it to do. I'll, I'll kill that now. That's basically verbatim from the book. So, because I obviously got cool. it, so I was just typing out. So, um, but yeah, around the world. Okay, so I mean, I, I like the book references. I like the fact that you're bringing them in there. I do wonder if you're trying to overpower this. I have a question that kind of feeds off from this idea of the book is that I don't feel like it has a very strong linear overriding narrative here. I'm begin- I'm struggling to kind of see a clear beginning, middle and end to this film. Well, it's, um, it's, it's basically... Could you explain where that is? The, the start, like middle and end, is kind of with the, inf- with the kidney. So we can, like, when, it, when it proper kicks off, it's going to be around Act 2. But yeah, the, the, first, the first act I can see as kind of stories where we we see the flashbacks it doesn't have to be the whole flashback and could be like dramatic slow motion or, or something um mm-hmm. but it's to give the eye the impression that everything is back to normal um the fact that it's a trilogy uh often the middle film in a trilogy can sometimes lack a certain pizzazz shall we say um how would you ensure that people come to watch this film if it's very much a gear up film for the third movie well because this, this i'm feeling that's what it is this follows into the third you have to kind of see this one to know you can't just go into the third we end on a big cliffhanger his his family are stranded basically they they haven't spoke to each other since the last conversation mm-hmm. it's a big a big emotional mm. journey this is 
a very clever game you're playing, perhaps, because if you give, if you do not please your fans in film two, there may not be a film three from a producer's mindset. <laughs> just a heads up there, but okay, I like that. I like what you go with. Cool. So there we go, chaps. We've heard all your pitches. Um, I'm now going to give you a chance to very quickly tell me why I should pick your movie over the others, um, and I'll let the others respond very quickly. Ross, you were the first to pitch. You could be the first to fight. Why is your movie better? Uh, my movie's better. I bring some new characters. I ex- I expand the 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 mythos and I expand um, the disease and I expand on the world that is created by World War Z. Um, I use the I use the book as a footing um, of of the original, obviously. Not actually, I don't reference it in my my one, but I'm using it as a foot to go somewhere new with something. Um, and I I think there'll be some interesting bits, and it'll be a more cohesive. There'll be some there'll be some action bits, and there'll be some thrillery bits. Um, but it'll work. It won't be like one half is action, one half is thing. I think. Um, I think if you're going to pick Andy's, um, the intern that is transporting uh, infected tissues that just rolls out onto the floor needs <laughs> drops, to be fired. Drops a loose kidney. Ne- ne- needs to be fired. Also, yeah, um, <laughs> and I think Drew's is very, very heavy. I think, um, I think it's almost too heavy uh it's a zombie film uh a larger than life zombie film um i do like it but and i like andy's uh, elements of andy and elements of drew's but i think mine overall is the winner there you go there you have it (laughs) uh drew let's hear your response to uh, Russ and why I should be picking yours over the other two. So I think that I think mine is the truest to uh, the tone of the original, which was praised for its realism. As, as uh, like I didn't praise it for its realism, but some people did. So I've tried to stick to that. I think that mine has the epic scale has more of an epic scale between the entire American army facing off a horde of like a hundred million zombies and (laughs) like all of San Francisco being destroyed. I think it actually has more scope and more scale for action, but still the horror elements in the third act with Jerry, I think it has more emotional heft. Um, And I, I think that mine takes itself the most seriously which can be seen as a negative but i'm not i'm not trying to court fans of the book at this point i'm trying to court the fans who spent 500 million dollars to go and watch the first film and i want them to come and watch the second one um as far as the other two on the point of taking it seriously i feel like i i you you could play ross's as straight as possible but glowing space rocks as like being as good a place as any for a, a, a virus that literally kill makes people undead because they do say in the first one they're not infected like 28 days later they are dead they have lines of dialogue that mention you can't kill a person who's already dead with a virus when jerry's saying about infectious diseases before he tells them it's for him <laughs> um and so the origin of a virus that literally keeps dead cells animated can come from anywhere, but I would want it to feel more grounded. Um, and being a fan of the book, I don't think Andy's, Andy's, I don't think the way that Andy is using the book references is good book reference. The, the Andy is entirely right. The, it is verbatim from the book. Um, so I apologise for coming out. It, it, it was a little bit about the wording, but yeah, uh, it's that is a really fascinating, really good part of the book. But Andy's <laughs> starts with a kidney falling off a trolley. It's two days later after the entire world has fallen, but the vice president just stands up and says, everyone back to work. And people just get out on the streets and sweep it all up. <laughs> and And then it ends with a nuclear war. And, and and it see it feels like it goes from the infection's not happening, people get infected through skin grafts and kidneys, and there's a bit of tension, and then all of a sudden a Russian general goes mental, bites everyone, and there's a nuclear war, and that's the end of the film. 
I mean, Andy, you have mm-hmm. to defend yourself against yeah, that no, one. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Like, the reason... Um, so, okay, so I'll start with mine then. So mine, I think, is... I think mine is the closest to the source material, uh, closest to the tone of the first one. It's clo- yeah, mine's still... You can make mine as a family-friendly film, whatever the first one was. Um, yes, we end the film with, like, a giant war because, one, that's human nature. Two, the movie's called Extinction, so I wanted to give, like... Is it going to be the zombies extinction or is it going to be actual like just like human normal people uh extinction um mine's got the first like act will have little just different stories of different uh perspectives for people from around the world just how you know all these different stories of how people got infected or um uh, just how they came in contact with someone who was infected um ross's is just a weird sci-fi float uh, he's got a floating city and a comet yeah He's, he wants to go to space. Also, if 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 Matt Fox um, picks up his helicopter, picks him up in the helicopter at the end, why doesn't he just take the helicopter there? Because he was um, he got the train. Movie magic, darling. <laughs> got um, the train I agree. from Drew's China bit, to South Korea. Drew's is a bit heavy, um, like long. Um, he, he, I mean, he had a good point oh, with the epic. He had a good point with say he he was he's got emotional connection with like a main character dying but it's a different actress so we haven't actually got that emotional connection to the the first person we saw in the film whereas with mine the the kids might be different but the person you're really having a connection with is the mother and she's the same yeah everyone famously really hated don Cheadle as war machine because they were so so invested in i did um, i did for the purpose of my pitch i hate don Cheadle. Sorry, Don Cheadle. He doesn't actually hate you, I'm sure. And or at least he'll have justification behind it. Yeah, we're coming out. We're coming after Hollywood. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm going to give you my thoughts on each, okay? Right, okay. Ross. Yes, go for it. Come on, come at me, bro. It's a clear story. You know, it clearly moves on from the first film. Um, yes, there are some areas that I love the idea of visuals and glowy zombie <laughs> aliens um, and the comet. Yeah, the international vibes are great, but again, I I, I kind of have a concern about the fact that we're uh, putting China as a potential antagonist here uh, for international politics reasons uh, as much as anything. Um, and I do wonder if we're moving a bit too far away from a zombie franchise and into a more sci-fi franchise. My thoughts. Yeah. Andy, I, 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 with yours, buddy, I can really picture some very clever cinematography, you know, in the style of an interview. There's a lot of it that's, you know, almost like a found footage-esque vibe where the camera sets up with the interviews going into a docudrama. Um, I feel like you're lacking quite a strong narrative here in this one. And there are a couple of flaws that the guys ever so gently um, raised. But I if it's to do fully with the skin graft, and you can get it from very much. Else. Don't have to be the daughter, Jesus. <laughs> hey, you brought the pitch. That's not our job to completely change your pitch. Um, but you brought a hell of a lot of book referencing, which you know, if we were to start again and scrap the original World War Z, perhaps you're onto the closest approach with this. Uh, Drew, it's heavy. It's a heavy, heavy. You, you use epic. I think it could be emotionally traumatic. If people are coming, wanting to carry on from the first, um, there's some big moments of peril. India and Bangladesh, lovely that we're kind of using another part of the world and there's just enough of a nod to the books there. All three of you have done very well at nodding to the books, we'll say that. Um, But is it suddenly a a bit too much of a heavy emotional roller coaster compared to World War Z, where we sat here and very much highlighted that the one thing lacking from this film was some heavy emotional uh, journey. Um, right, it's, it's a tough one, actually, boys. I'll give you that. Uh, the three great pitches, um, three very, very different movies, um, but I can only pick one. And for those of you who've listened so far, there's been a theme that I talk about in a movie that is very, very important for Matt. And I may, I'm picking my preferred sequel here, not the producer's preferred sequel. And on that basis, I am going to have to side with the emotional, hardcore roller coaster epic that is 
World War Z resurgence just so that I can see that tragic moment that Rachel loses her life and I hope to god it is powerful and fuck PG-13 it should never have been a PG-13 film anyway in my, like, in my eyes so I want to make that you want to make that, make that film just for that movie. one scene she could be on a video call with Jerry. I feel like that's the only thing missing is how he's not suffering immediately from this. We can find a way to make him suffer with this immediately. God knows how, but we will. So there you go. That means that Drew Tomby will be back as our host next episode. Come on then, Drew. Tell us what we're watching. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, hard four. I was, I, was, I was a bit worried there. Um, but I, I'm... It was it was a pleasure to hear the other pictures, and thank you very much, Matt. For our next film, we are going to be watching, and you guys are going to be pitching sequels for, a 1971 classic. <laughs> um, a story about a, a boy raised from poverty by the power of sugar when we watch <laughs> 1971's Gene Wilder starring from the pen of Roald Dahl, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, available on UK Netflix right now. I've changed my mind. Andy, you win! Yay! Yay! Congratulations! <laughs> oh, thanks, Drew. Yeah. So, there you have it, everybody. Thank you for listening. So, there you go. That is your episode three. That has been your sequel pitch for World War Z. All that's left to do is say goodbye. Uh, it's goodbye from Ross. Goodbye, everybody. It's goodbye from Andy. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Mr. Two for Two, Drew. Goodbye, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Sequel Pitch UK. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, The Sequel Pitch. If you think that you have pictures that you can challenge any of these three, send them in and we will be looking out for the best. We will be back next week pitching more superlicious sequels. Goodbye. Goodbye.